we call him oil he's not oil we call him a bird he's not a bird we call him wind he's not wind we call him fire he's not fire he's the holy ghost the spirit of the living god for his glory he's the holy ghost scepter of the king of kings he's the holy ghost seal of the age to come is changing everything tonight swallow your pride tonight come to the school of the spirit don't you know in his hands are the keys to eternal life it's a little here a little there then your day will dawn he's at work in you changing everything in obedience to us he's the holy ghost scepter of the king of kings he's the holy ghost seal of the age to come is changing everything tonight swallow your pride tonight come to the school of the spirit don't you know in his hands are the keys to eternal life it's a little here a little there then your day will dawn he's at work in you changing everything in obedience to us swallow your pride tonight come to the school of the spirit don't you know in his hands are the keys to eternal life it's a little here a little dear then your day will dawn he's at work in you changing everything in obedience to us he's the holy ghost the spirit of the living god he's the holy ghost scepter of the king of kings is the holy ghost seal of the age to come is changing everything tonight swallow your pride tonight come to the school of the spirit don't you know in his hands are the keys to eternal life it's a little here a little there then your day will dawn he's at work in you changing everything in obedience to us it's a little here a little there 
and your day will dawn. He's at work in you, changing everything in obedience to Christ. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done thank you oh my father for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till your work on earth is done and leaving your Spirit till your work on earth is done holy spirit you are welcome fill this temple with your presence let it be a prayer from the depth of your heart holy spirit you are welcome Fill this temple with your presence. We wait on you, Lord. We wait on you. We wait on you, Lord. We wait on you. We wait on you, Lord, we wait on you, we wait on you, Lord, we wait on you, we wait on you, Lord, we wait on you, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Fill this temple with your presence. Let it be a prayer from the depth of your heart. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Fill this temple with your presence. We wait on you. Lord, we 
Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening people of God. Shalom, evening church. Please, I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, myself and my family, we are doing well. God bless you, Michael K. God bless you, man of God. God bless you, sir. God bless you. My dear sister Maureen, God bless you. God bless you. Empress. Diamond, God bless you. God bless you. My dear sister Stephanie Dia, God bless you. Louisa, my daughter, God bless you. Kusia EDK, God bless you. Lady Pastor Becklin, God bless you. My son Eric, blessing, the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name. Sarah Bekoin, God bless you. Sam, God bless you. My daughter, Bolgen, Jennifer, the Lord bless you and increase you. In the name of Jesus. Ruda Ajua, God bless you. Tena Dakon, God bless you. Royal Shadrach, God bless you. Sami Afari, God bless you. Christy, God bless you. Mamiesi, God bless you. Otima, Sarah, God bless you of mommy. God bless you and increase you. In the name of Jesus. Eric, assuming God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Wow. I thank God so much for your lives. Even for opening such an awesome door for us this wonderful Evening, hallelujah. Samienchi, God bless you, son. May the Lord increase you. Emmanuel, a PJ, God bless you, son. God bless you, hallelujah. 
the lord bless you and honor all of you in the mighty name of the lord jesus i want to welcome all of you to this evening's session of our prophetic training here we learn and we dive deep into the word of god hallelujah and we all know that you know according to the hymn now the word of god is our rule hallelujah and we believe strongly that it is the word of god that teaches us what god intended even to do in his creation and we know and believe everything that is written in the scriptures and we know that as we walk according to the word of god we shall experience the amazing power of God. Because the word of the Lord said that God he uphold all things by the word of his power. By the word of his power. So we know that the word of God is actually the everything of God. That which is the inception of all things. So anytime you give attention to God's word, you are actually journeying into the mind and the heart of the Father. And that is why there is always an exciting moment to have all of you even here in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We give God praise. We give God glory. You know, I want all of you to know this. It is beautiful to hear what God is saying concerning your life. It is amazing to hear what the Lord wants to do for your destiny in the next few years they are all glorious and beautiful you know by the prophetic we see the mighty hand of god at work god delivers people from the agenda of the enemy and he speaks into our future that which he has eternally purposed for us but then most of the times when god speaks to you prophetically it is for yourself and your family alone. So when you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29, even the verse 29. So when you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29, the verse 29, the word of the Lord said, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all that the words, we may do all the words of this law. Hallelujah. So you see, the word of the Lord says, The secret things belong to God. But the things that God has revealed, they are for us. And even for our children forever. Hallelujah. So you see, there are secret things in God. But then, when you begin to read something... The Bible said in the book of Psalm 25, verse 14, 
the word of the Lord said, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Now, you see, we just read that the secret things belong to God. But the things he has revealed, they are for us and our children forever. So that we may do all the words of the Lord. But then the word of the Lord said in Psalm 25 verse 14 that the same the secret of the Lord is now with the people that fear God. So now once you fear God, you move from the dimension where God has just revealed things to the secrets of God. Are you following? So that scripture is actually telling us that there are revealed things of God and there are secret things of God. That is why I keep telling you that, you see, all Christians are not the same. Don't forget that. There are those who know that which has been revealed. In fact, that which has been revealed is a must for you to know. Are you getting it? It is a must for you to know. There are things that God has revealed throughout scriptures. You need to know them. It's a must. But then there are certain things in God that are secrets. And the only code that you can use to access those things is what we call the fear of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord told us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, another version, another scripture also tells us that the fear of the Lord is to depart from iniquity. The fear of the Lord is to depart from iniquity. In the book of Job chapter 28, verse 28, the Bible said, And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Now when you read the book of Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13, the Bible said, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Are you following? He said, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. So anytime the Bible speaks of the fear of the Lord, it actually moves with some things. The first one is wisdom. The second one is knowledge. The third one is to depart or to hate evil. Now when the Bible makes mention of evil, it is actually speaking of everything that has to do with sin. Are you listening to me? Good. I'm trying to help you with a certain understanding. This is the reason why if in your Christian walk, 
you keep saying things like, you know, God is a merciful God. Even if we fail, he will forgive us. You know, God, when we even sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us all our sins. It is true. That's scripture. It is true. So when you keep, in fact, God has already forgiven you. Before you sinned, he already did forgive you. Are you listening to me? But then, if you continue to sin, the thing is, you are not hating evil. And that is a clear sign that there is a question mark on your fear of the Lord. Now, when that thing is actually manifesting, then it means there are certain secrets in God you will not know. This one is not heaven and hell matter. This is the secret of God. And I'm telling you, if God gives you a full stop size of a secret that is in him, you will take over nations and nobody can understand that which is manifesting in your life. Nobody. Just a full stop of the secret of God. If God is just opening it up to you. Now, I want you all to get this. You see, I've already told you that when it comes to revelation, what sponsors revelation from God is light. But then, so when it comes to the revelations of God, it means the light of God has already, you know, been thrown onto a particular dimension of God. So it is lying just bare before everybody who has believed in the Lord Jesus. God bless you. Are you getting it? I know there are many of you who want to know the deepest dimensions of God. You want to know the deep things that are in God. Let me show you the secret. It is to hate evil. Hate evil. Are you listening to me? That is the reason why anytime you go before God in prayer and you keep praying a prayer like Holy Ghost help me to overcome every kind of evil, build a certain resistance in my heart towards sin and you keep praying and fasting and praying on this prayer point every time and you are consistent something will be developed in your heart. When you see somebody smoking weed, you feel like vomiting. When you see people fornicating, you feel like vomiting. It will look like there is nothing in you that loves evil things. Now, when these things begin to happen in your life, you are opening up yourself into what we call the secrets of God. Are you following? Please kindly give me a minute. I'm coming. A minute.
beg you for tongues. I see the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. The Holy Ghost sent from heaven. Can you all hear me, please? All right, great. So, it is simple. What I'm just trying to let all of us know is that there are things God has revealed for everybody to know in the body of Christ. But there are certain things in God that are secrets. And it is only reserved for those that fear Him according to the book of Psalm 25, verse 14. And we are not coming to understand what the fear of the Lord is. Because many of us always talk about the fear of the Lord, and we don't know what it actually is. So people can think that they fear God. Meanwhile, according to biblical definition, they might be far away from what we call the fear of the Lord. You can be a Christian and not fear God. It is possible. There are many churches when you do enter there, you realize that some of the church members do even fear God more than the pastors. You see, and we are now understanding what the fear of the Lord actually is according to the word of God. And we have just come to understand that in the book of Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13, the Bible said that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So the basic definition of the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. When a man hates evil, now you see, it is not it is not like you are not doing an evil thing. That one is there. But to hate evil, that actually is the fear of God. Many people are not doing evil things, but they don't hate it. Are you getting it? Many people, are, they are Christians. They are not doing negative. They don't, you see, so you see a Christian who doesn't like fornication. The person is not into fornication. But then the person can spend two hours watching Big Brother Niger. And you see men and women moving about doing unnecessary things. The person will just watch some of these things and just go and sleep. Now, the person will not go and fornicate. But then the person does not hate that which is going on. Now, when somebody hates an evil thing, let's use Big Brother. I think right now they call it Big, Big Brother Titans or something. Let's say somebody hates it. The moment the person's TV channel 
you know, is tuned into that station, immediately the person will just change it. But some people will, okay, let me watch and see what they are doing. If the person immediately changes the channel, it means there is something inside him that does not like what is being shown on the television. Are you, are you listening to me? You need to come to that point. When you hear people speak profanity, it will, it, something should let you, it, will, it should be like you are vomiting. I don't know if you're getting my point. It is highly possible. Now you see, when you look at this young boy by name Joseph, Joseph, his boss's wife was interested in the guy. And the woman was putting pressure on him to come and sleep with her. Now, Joseph made a certain profound statement. He said, why should I do such an abominable thing against my God? The guy had grown to a point where he hated any kind of immorality against God. And no wonder, when there was a secret that there was a certain great famine about to hit the whole earth, even though the revelation came to Pharaoh, it was revealed to Pharaoh. But then, the secret of the revelation was given to the man that feared God. Are you getting it? So the thing can be revealed, but then there are certain secrets until they are decoded. The only key that you need to decode the secrets of God is the fear of the Lord. This is because when a man fears God, there is something that shows up in his, in his soul. Basically, in the prophetic, it is called an aura. A-U-R-A. An aura. Are you following? It is called an aura in the prophetic. But then, in the spirit world, and biblically, the word of the Lord will call it a white garment. That is the reason why when a person keeps on engaging in immorality, it will actually stain the white garment of the person. And don't forget, there was something that used to happen to the priest. The word of the Lord said, so you see, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 8, the Bible said, let your garment always be white. Let your garment always be white and let your head lack no oil. He said, let your garment always be white and do not let your head lack oil. 
Are you following? Now, what does this white garment speak of? It actually speaks of the fear of the Lord that a man exhibits. You cannot hide it from spirits. When your garment is white in the spirit, it shows. And it gives you a certain aura that repels negative spirits. Now, there is a strong link between anointing and white garment. Don't forget it. There is a strong link between the anointing and the white garment. Now, the word of the Lord said in the book of Psalm 133, verse 2. Psalm 133, verse 2. The Bible said, when you read from verse 1, the Bible said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment. He's talking about oil or the anointing. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. Now, when the Bible speaks of Aaron here, he's speaking of the priest. That went down to the skirts of his garment. So you see, the oil started from the head, it moved through the beard, and ended up in the garment. He said, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard onto and onto the border of his robe. Hmm. People of God. I want to show you a certain secret. I know we are praying, we are fasting, we are doing a whole lot of spiritual gymnastics. But then the, the problem is this. Many of us are not walking in the fear of the Lord. We don't hate evil. Let's see, hating evil is a partnership work with you and the Holy Spirit. If you want to get up and say, ah, from today, I will hate evil. Forget it. You start loving it the more. Because you don't do it on your own. Are you following? It is a partnership work between yourself and the Holy Spirit. That is why every time you are with the Holy Ghost alone, not in the congregation, when you are praying alone, your prayer should not be for car. You can do that when you are in the church. You can do that when you are praying with the, with the saints. But then, if you are with the Lord alone in prayer, don't pray for car. Don't pray for money. Pray for things that are not physically tangible, that can change your entire life. Because... Somebody, God, you can pray for car. God can give you the car. But sexual immorality can cause you to lose the car. And if care is not taken, you can even lose your life as well. 
Are you listening to me? Do you know the number of people that have lost precious gifts? They fasted and prayed for because of sinful acts. Even anointing, even anointing. People fasted and prayed for anointing. The anointing came. A certain lady, some way, somehow, who crewed them and brought them down grind. That was all. Because people don't know they are vessels containing the oil. And the more you keep engaging in sinful acts, what you do is that you'll be punching holes in your vessel. And when you keep punching holes in the vessel, the oil will start flowing out. Now, don't pray for more anointing in that season. Because the more you pray for the anointing, the more you lose it. Because you have still not handled the matter. What you need to do at that moment is to make sure that you patch all those areas that you have the holes. When you do that, the anointing that is left can stay and more can come. But the problem is this. It takes time for anointing that is lost to be restored. It takes time. Because it also takes time to be anointed. Are you following? So don't forget this. Now, the ointment or the oil, the garment is a symbol of your fear of the Lord. And when you keep engaging in negative acts, what happens is that it gets stained. And the enemy takes opportunity of that to affect certain areas of our lives. So when we read the book of Zechariah chapter 3, the word of the Lord said the high priest Joshua came to stand before God and Satan was standing on, it, on, his, on his right hand to resist him. Why? All because he was wearing a filthy garment. He was a high priest. But because the garment was filthy, Satan was standing by his right side. But then God, the judge of all, spoke and said, remove, remove that filthy garment and clothe him with a change of raiment. And they did that and Satan was nowhere to be found. What makes Satan the accuser is mostly what we do. You know, you can walk about guilt-free till the day some, a certain heat, heated argument pops up between you and your husband. And you say something. Two minutes time, the enemy will start hijacking your mind. You will release strange guilt if care is not taken. You will do yourself evil. Are you following? So no matter what you do, make sure that your garment is always white. Don't stain your garment. And make sure your head does not lack oil. Because at the end of everything, the anointing will meet with the white garment. And then the glory of the Lord 
will be revealed. Let me, let me say this secret. The anointing of God together with the fear of the Lord breaks man into what we call the glory realm. Don't forget this statement. The anointing of God together with the fear of the Lord opens the glory realm to a man. And when we speak of the glory realm, we are actually talking about bringing the life of the Garden of Eden in our normal times. That one goes beyond normal anointing because the energy level of that state is quite high. Are you following? Good. All right. So that was just by the way. Amen. I see the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. All right, so that was just by the way. Um, let's now move to what God has for us this evening. Hallelujah. All right, all right. We are still on the matter of the chemistry of God. And maybe God willing, today we are going to finish with the introduction. Then we will continue and, and dive deep into other dimensions. Hallelujah. And the other dimensions we are about to enter, whether you like it or yes, you will love science. You have to go and download periodic table. If you have your SHS science notes to help you, hallelujah. We'll come to the mathematics of God. You understand that. Everybody did maths, so that one you, you have to get it. Amen. All right. We give God praise. But then before that, let me just, um, if you have any question with regards to what we've studied so far on the chemistry of God, you can ask. If you have any question, you can feel free and ask. All right. Any questions? Any question? Oh, no question. That means we all have understood um, what we have studied so far. That's great. Then I'm going to ask my own question. Amen.
Somebody said, Prof, is it okay to read the Tagum Jonathan as a normal text? There's no problem with that. You see, the Tagum actually, the Onkelos, the Jonathan, and all those ones, they actually, because it is an ancient language, which is Aramaic, it actually captures only the the, the five books of, of Moses, which speaks of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Are you getting it? But then, if you want to read the Tagum, make sure you have other versions that are close to you so that you can um, just, you know, get to know what all these translations are also saying. It will give you more understanding. Are you getting it? Now, now sign, please. Did you did you hear that? All right, all right. That's great. You know, I think somebody um, came to me and said, somebody told him that um, the Tagum Jonathan is part of the Apocrypha. So we shouldn't read. <laughs> and I was just trying to let the person understand what apocrypha actually um, means or what it actually is. No, there are some, maybe one of these days we should do a little um, theology on canonization of scripture. Then we all will understand why some of the books were taken out were taken out of um, the Bible that we have and why is it that Catholic people have over 72 they have I think 72 books in their Bible why and when you go to even Ethiopia they have over 86 books in their Bible Now, does that mean that they are not from God? Are you getting it? So, you see, we need to just understand we have books that were not added to um, the 66 books that we have because, you see, these 66 books that we have were just compiled in the year 1500. When I say 1500, if you're a Ghanaian, you can also say 1005. The year 1500, which is not long, not long ago, just about 500 and something years. That was when our Bible, the 66 books that we have, was actually compiled. That means before that time, the Bible wasn't compiled in that form. So it was 
through the compilation of the the books that they sat down with a team and they began to remove some of the books from it they set up a certain criteria that they used to remove some of the books and it is what we call canonization they move some of the books out of the 66 books and all those kind of things so those books that were removed that are not part of our 66 books they are the books we call the apocrypha are you getting it tagum is not any book it is not an apocrypha it is just a translation of genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy from the Hebrew that it was originally written to the Aramaic, which is also another ancient language. So it is the same books that we have, but translated in a different language. I don't know if I'm getting my point. It is like you having King James Version and um, ISV or NIV. You are reading the same books but different translations. Are you getting it? So Tagum is not an apocrypha. Because when you read Tagum, you are reading Genesis, Exodus. You get it? Someone said, Papa, please, what was the reason behind the omission of those books? A whole lot of things happened in history. If I want to go into that, it will turn out to... Um, See, a whole lot of things went into that. You have to know church history from the beginning. Why they even removed the book of Enoch. A whole lot of things happened. You get it. So we just need to understand some of these things. Alright, so you need to, that's why you need to go deep into church history to know what has happened. Else, anybody can just get up and say anything. It is very funny how some people will just get up and say, hey, this book is not part of the Bible and you are reading it. Now, when you ask them, why is it not part of the Bible? They don't even know anything about it. They don't know why it was not added to the 66 books. They don't know why, but they will start fighting against it. Say, our fathers use only 66 books. Who told you? No, who told you? Huh? Now, our fathers, who are your fathers? Huh? Hmm. Now, I hope we all have the book of Joshua in our Bibles. You have the book of Joshua in your Bible? Good. Now, Joshua chapter 10, verse 13. Listen to what happened. You remember that Joshua, during a certain um, season of warfare, when they were, the Israelites were fighting with another nation, Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. 
and the sun stood still for over 23 hours. Oh, you have heard that story. Now let's read something from Joshua chapter 10, verse 13. The Bible said, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Joshua? Now look at that. Joshua is telling us, he said, is this event not recorded in the book of Joshua? So Joshua is telling us that there was a book called Joshua that recorded what happened in his time. Do you have Joshua in your Bible? Do you have any book called Joshua in your Bible? But Joshua, the, Joshua, the one that is in your Bible, said something about Joshua. So why don't you have it? That's, that's what you need to ask. Why don't you have Joshua? But Joshua made a reference to Joshua. Why? Now, when we read 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible said, Also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Joshua. Now, you see, so the question is, why don't you have Joshua in your Bible? But then, the Joshua that made mention of Joshua, we have Joshua in our Bible. So, if Joshua is a devilish book, why will Joshua make mention of it? When we read the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 14, Jude is just only one chapter. Jude. Can you all hear me, please? Good. So Joshua made mention of Joshua. But then we don't have Joshua in our Bible. The question is, why? When we also read the book of Jude. Jude, verse 14. Jude is just one chapter. Jude, verse 14. Now, Jude made a statement here. He said... Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied about these people when he said, Look, the Lord has come with countless thousands of his holy ones. Enoch prophesied. Oh, we all know Enoch. The guy that worked with God 
and God took him. Jude is telling us that Enoch prophesied about a certain group of people. Where in the Bible did we see Enoch prophesying about these people? Where? Is that kind of prophecy from Enoch in your Bible? No, is that prophecy in your Bible? So if it is not in your Bible, then the question is, where did Jude hear that prophecy from? Because at that time, Jude was not holding this our Bible. So where did Jude, because you see, this is Jude, a young boy. Because when you, when you begin to count the time of Enoch, the seventh from Adam, to the time of Jude, over time, I don't know how to even, ten thousands of years. Are you getting it? So how did Jude get to know of what Enoch said? That means that it is either he, Enoch wrote the thing in a certain book that Jude read. Are you getting it? Or God has opened the eyes of Jude, telling Jude that, oh, my servant Enoch even prophesied about these things. These are the two only ways. Or either somebody who has heard of that prophecy maybe told Jude about it. But we read the book of Jude and we call it it's a normal book in our Bible. But then they said the book of Enoch there, it is for demons. Who, who, who said that? So the question you should ask yourself is that why don't we have all these books? In fact, there's another book that was there that we don't even have in our Bible. When we read the book of Numbers chapter 21 verse 14, Numbers chapter 21 verse 14, verse 14 and 15. The Bible said, Wherefore, it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord. It said, For this reason, the book of the wars of the Lord speaks of the town of Waheb in the area of Sufa and the ravines of the Anon River. The book of the wars of the Lord. The book of the wars of the Lord. Now, do you know when you say the wars of the Lord, they are talking about Amani Israel. 
Israel. All of these wars, whether against other nations or against demons or against anything, they were all recorded in a certain book called the Book of the Wars of the Lord. But we don't have it. Meanwhile, Numbers, in the book of Numbers, Moses is referring to that kind of book. Now, you see, if you need to go back into church history to know what has actually happened in Christianity, you will know that this Christianity we are seeing today, ha, and the Lord help us and grant us grace. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So... Don't be in a hurry to just make a certain statement. Don't be an evangelical <laughs> kind of person who is just focused on one side of the truth and is not going for the whole counsel of God. You know, I keep saying that God is an absolute being. There are many dimensions of God. And you can choose any dimension and make it extreme. See, when you choose one dimension of God and you begin to focus on that, you will step into extremism immediately and you make a big mistake. Are you getting it? So there are people who, based on the fact that all our sins have been forgiven, our, our past, present, and future sins have been forgiven, and because they stay on that side and they keep talking about that side, they don't balance it. And they enter into extreme grace preaching. I even saw one message of a certain man of God. He said, believe God and do anything you want. Hey! They just believe in Jesus and do whatever. That's a serious thing. Who's all your that's how far things can um, lead you to when you are only focusing on one side of God. Are you getting it? So we need to come to a point of also understanding that there is a dimension of God called consecration where someone purges himself. Are you following? When someone purges himself from evil, so the word of the Lord said in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. The Bible said, but in a great house. Now, when you hear great house, what comes to your mind? <laughs> Look at that. Said, Daddy, a prophet, a, pro a prophet of God recently said, too much prayer is disbelief in God. Look at this. 
He doesn't understand what prayer is. Now, when you hear in a great house, what comes to your mind? I want to check if what we studied, Nukakra will move. In a great house. Ye. I love that. Somebody said mansion. Somebody said the father's house. Good. You are on point. But then what is the father's house? Somebody said the body of Christ. Somebody said the temple of God. Okay. Which is, let's go further. Okay, someone said our bodies. Okay. Okay. Mm, don't forget what, you are actually on point, but I just want to hear all the answers you have given are right. But I'm just looking for a particular word. Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. I am going to prepare a place for you. God bless you, Sammy. Sammy is on point. That glorious body we are about to receive is actually that great house. Are you getting it? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible told us, that if this earthly house that we live in is dissolved, we have a building in heaven. So this, your physical body is called an earthly house. So anytime you hear Jesus, Paul, speaking of a certain house that is in heaven, they are actually speaking of a body. Don't forget that. It is not a house they used um, bricks and mortar and concrete to, to build. No. That is what the Bible said. It was not built by human hands. Because human beings will use mortar. Human beings will use bricks. God doesn't use bricks. <laughs> huh? God will not say, hey, Gabriel, confess to Abraham. Hey, Michael, confess cement in Abraham. Um, 3D epoxy, no, also, no, 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 that is not God. Are you following? So, what Paul is trying to say is that he said, But in a great house, that is the very glorious body that God is going to give to us, he said, There are not only vessels of gold. Now, are you not getting what Jesus also said? In my father's house, it is the father's house, but in that big house, there are many mansions. So it is not just one mansion. No. 
It is one glorious body, but there are differences. It is the same thing that Paul is trying to say here. He said, but in a great house, So the same thing that Jesus said concerning his father's house, that there are many mansions, that is exactly what Paul is also trying to say, using different words. And Paul is saying that in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Are you getting it? So that glorious body, <laughs> Paul is telling us that it is a glorious body, it's a, a great house. That's the father's house that was not built by human hands. But there are many dimensions in that. And Paul is telling us that it is not only a dimension of gold that we have. That means there are dimensions of gold in the glorious body. There are dimensions of silver in the glorious body. He also said there are dimensions of wood and there are dimensions of earth. Now he went further to say, all these dimensions that we see, some are to honor, some are to dishonor. That word honor there is speaking of that kind of appreciation that will be given. Are you getting it? Now, we all are having this glorious body. So why then is somebody receiving honor and another man receiving this honor? So what can one do? We are all Christians. What can one do to gain honor? Then Paul went further in verse 21. He said, if a man therefore purge himself from this, what this is Paul talking about here? Now, he made mention of something in verse 19. He said, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Are you following? So what is Paul telling us that we should purge ourselves from? He said in verse 19, he said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So it is this iniquity that Paul is saying that if we purge ourselves from these iniquities, then we shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Now understand that all these vessels are in a great house, but then some of the vessels are unto honor, and some are unto dishonor. Those that are unto honor purge themselves from iniquity. And those that are unto dishonor did not purge themselves from iniquity. 
Are you following? So we need to understand that. That is why I keep telling people that it is not all about heaven. This thing, if you go and tell an evangelist right now, will be you why you the microphone at all. Hallelujah. Hey, have you in Nayako? What's in the What's it have you day? Why are you here? your papa when you soon? Hey, hey, I say more. And any time you, you speak about heaven and you make heaven a simple place that God wants every believer to just come and have experience and know his secrets they get angry what are you saying huh heaven who feel say now they call heaven And they are very quick to judge. You know, that's how the evangelicals are. Very quick. Anytime you hear somebody saying, when you're Jim, you know that the person is an evangelist. Not all of them, but some of them. Too quick to declare your end to you. Who are you? Someone said, please, serving God, is it just about having a pure heart? No, pure heart is just the foundation. You need it as the foundation to build other glorious things upon. Because a man that has a pure heart has only a dimension of God. That is, he can see into dimensions of God. He can see God. So Matthew 5, 8, the Bible said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does it mean for a man to be pure in his heart? That one is a whole message on its own. Maybe one day I'll get time and teach. Hallelujah. Okay, somebody was asking what will happen to unbelievers. Somebody said, what will happen to unbelievers um, or sinners during the millennium? Can you all hear me, please?
Good. Now. You see, this, this. Asofu wants to know more about the millennial reign of Christ. And it's a whole big topic on its own. I don't want to confuse many people. Because we need to come to a point where we start from somewhere and we end at somewhere. Are you getting it? Exactly. That is why I don't want to just come and pick the whole thing from this side. Good. I will definitely come to the millennium and teach more on that. But then we need to understand some few things that um, the word of the Lord said in the book of Revelation. The Bible spoke of the fact that some people will remain on the earth. Some people will remain on the earth. And these people that will remain, Paul said, and we that are alive and remain. We that are alive and remain. We will join hands with the dead in Christ. So the last time I made you understand that there will be those who are dead. But then because they did not receive the Lord Jesus Christ, when the dead in Christ are resurrecting, they will not resurrect. So there is what we call first resurrection. That first resurrection is for those who are dead in Christ. They resurrect so that they will come and receive their glorious body and their crowns. Are you following? Then... Those that are dead, not in Christ, will still be dead. But then after those that are dead in Christ have been raised from the dead, even to reign with Christ, the Bible said after thousand years, where the whole earth and heaven are going to merge, The word of the Lord said that after the thousand years, because within that period of thousand years, the word of the Lord said that Satan will be bound in the bottomless pit. And then all these are mostly, um, let me say, symbols. That is why if I go into that, it will take much more of our time. So we need to understand what the bottomless pit is all about. What does it mean for a pit to be bottomless? Uh, we need to know all those um, we need to know the meaning of all those expressions. Can you hear me, please?
Can you all hear me, please? All right. All right, great. So now, I will surely make time and um, when we go back to understanding the book of Revelation, we will get to the millennial reign side and the Lord will help us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so um, we have a few minutes. Let me talk to us even about the, the dimension of the chemistry of God that we need to know. Now, last Sunday in church, um, I made us understand some few things. And I want to share with us so that we can also grasp what God wants us to know. Now, we understood that we have all um, come to the point of understanding that there are stones that God used to make the body of Lucifer and those stones were nine and um, the high priest even of the Israelites also had 12 stones that were in his priestly garment and among the 12 stones nine of them were actually the same stones that were used to make the body of Lucifer we now go to understand the three stones that were not used and based on the blessings that Jacob released even on their children we got to know the dimension of priesthood We got to know the part of priesthood that was not in or found in Lucifer. Now, we want to actually know what are the components of these stones. Why did God choose these stones and not other stones? Are you following? Why did God? Can you all hear me, please?
Can you all hear me, please? 